Oh, Nikki Crypto. So cool. Hey, what's up, guys? How are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing great, man. Just had a couple slices of pizza. Finally winding down after like five calls and stuff today. And it's going good. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. Bro, first and foremost, it's about damn time. I finally got you in <laughs> in Texas. <laughs> Virtually, but still. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely uh, happy to be back. I spent like um, like two and a half, almost three months on the road, and you know I'm happy that I was able to get on this too. I've been wanting to find the opportunity to jump on your cast, and I'm glad that you know, even though we're not hanging out in real life, at least we're hanging out here for sure. And honestly, that's just a matter of time. I mean, it, I'm I'm waiting for something to. Well, honestly more events that are based around crypto and nfts I, I feel like it's a matter of time before we start seeing more of that in dallas and i i'm gonna have to go to those spaces because of the curiosity and then just i mean i i like to think that i have a decent amount of knowledge so i, I want to be able to partake in something like that and in all honesty, just the fact that you know about it and you're doing what you're doing now puts you ahead of like 90 percent of the world I mean, we're still yeah. looking at like 10 to 15 percent of global adoption, you know, like <clears throat> it's billions of people on this planet. That's a very small number. And as far as the event space here in the DFW area, man, I honestly can say that I will personally have a big hand in doing that. Um, sounds crazy to say it even crazier to hear it, but I will literally have probably like the biggest hand in it for sure, because my team is going to be hosting the largest event for blockchain gaming um, around, not just in our area, but basically on the planet. And it's going to be here in DFW in Arlington, Texas, uh, December 17th through 19th. So that's going to be what I believe uh, will be the big kickoff. And um, <clears throat> if nobody else does it, man, like I said, I will throw whatever events I have to in Dallas whenever I can, especially with the different teams that I'm working with and the different groups. Um, it wouldn't be too hard for me to have different kind of events, you know, held in the area. Well, just from hearing you speak on it like that, I can already hear the passion. And that's exactly what you want when you're trying to push some when you're trying to push the horizon forward. And I, you already know, I, I've been I've been a fan of your movement when I was first introduced to you some months ago. I, when I just got a chance to hang out with you, I realized I was like, yeah, this man knows what he's doing. And yeah, I, I, I like to think that there's a good person in front of that, at least, especially for the DF dub and like the way it's your adventure, you're adventuring all around. Like, yeah, yeah, you're, you're doing this thing. Um, it's, what is it? it's not global yet, or at least that I know of, but this is definitely, um, it's no, that's not international. You know what I'm trying to say? Statewide yeah. or some shit. Are you <laughs> country, country, all around the can all around the country right now? You know, uh, I've been traveling. Yeah, honestly, I just done that road trip, man. I, I, I crossed the country probably uh, about three times, um, traveling to different events, hanging out with different people in the community, uh, and just honestly, you know, just living life and enjoying my time with, you know, the new friends that I've been making and just getting to experience, you know, what life could be like living on the blockchain. And, now, man, I got to say, it's absolutely wonderful. Huh? Well, would you would you say living on a blockchain would be 
moving around the country that way? Like, that, it, is that a big part mm-hmm. of it? Or yeah, yeah, is, um, is it a big part of it? I mean, it, it it is a big part of it now because it's just you know what we're seeing is that you know, there really isn't a lot of uh, physical interaction. You know, like there are events. Like, don't get me wrong, there are events all around the country happening, but there's so few. So, like a lot of the events that I'm involved in, that I'm getting going to and being involved in, these are basically like the main events going on in the country, and there's so few of them. Very few. So, you know, I'm getting involved in this community that is basically like the bulk of the crypto community in the United States because of we're the only ones participating and hosting these events uh, on a, you know, big scale. So uh, it is part of it for now, you know, and just, I mean, when I say the blockchain life, you know, it, it doesn't just go, it goes beyond, you know, just the, the money and the cryptocurrency. You know, for me, it's all about um, the embodiment of, you know, the community. You know, for me, the blockchain is just, <clears throat> it's not just a technology, but it's, you know, an entity that uh, creates a space that we can all you know, live together and operate on. And, you know, it gives everybody a reason to help each other and, you know, not feel left out or feel that, you know, they've missed an opportunity to be helped. Um, so, you know, getting to go around and travel and, like I said, just kind of make new friends, meet new people, uh, educate yeah. those who don't know, and then just introduce people to the space. You know, like that to me is definitely it's, it's the blockchain life, you know, living outside the the norm, living outside the rules that are set by the banking systems and the financial markets and, you know, society as a whole, you know, just doing whatever it is that we want, living our lives along the way and loving each other you know like that's what it's all about like we can all thrive together and and that's what i've been experiencing you know that's what this trip has kind of been like being on the road this long majority of this has been funded by you know various people um from friends to investors to just you know strangers who you know liked what i was doing and wanted to support me it's been amazing man it's been amazing to see the support for the community because Although while pretty much everything I'm doing is by myself, um, I wouldn't be able to do it without the support and the, the growing support of the community that I'm getting involved in. You know, they've kept me fed and my car paid full of gas. Yeah. You know, when, when my dog was with me, uh, who, she just recently passed away. Uh, I took her with me on trip. She was with me almost the whole time. You know, she was fed, she was taken care of, she was loved, you know, by all these people in the community, you know. So yeah, it's just amazing, you know, to see the space growing because it is so new and it is so small. And so, like I said, these events that I'm traveling to are, are some of the few events that are like a big deal. And so <clears throat> it'd be like, uh, imagine, you know, going to the first couple years of uh, Comic-Con, you know, or Anime-Con yeah. or something like that. Like the very first one. Yeah. Yeah. Like the first three years of them. You know what I mean? Like the first year or two. Like that's essentially what this is. You know, like these are these first events that a lot of people don't really care because they don't understand. And to be fair, these events make are kind of exclusive. You know, like the Bitcoin conference, for example, it's not something that your everyday normal person just can just walk off the street and go to because these tickets cost like $900 to $1,200. So that's another thing that we're trying to change is that there's a big reason why a lot of these people don't go to these events because they are not 
some of them are not cheap. You know, they're not, yeah. it's, it's expensive to fly out somewhere, get a hotel, take time off work and, you know, pay a, you know, grand for an event ticket. Plus you got to eat, yeah. you know what I mean? So, you know, it's not very easy for just, you know, everyday people with, you know, normal incomes and normal jobs, busy lives to just take a time yeah. to be like, Hey, you know what? I want to go learn about crypto, even though I know nothing about it. So that is a big wall, you know, that we're trying to bring down. We're trying to tra- change that. We're trying to make these events more affordable for people. Cool. Which is another reason why I am traveling around because I'm learning about, you know, the space, learning about the community and the people. And then now, you know, like I said earlier, I'm going to have a hand in creating these events because, you know, we can see the problems that are preventing mass adoption. And so we're going to fix them because no point in just kind of sitting around waiting for somebody else to do it because in a now, sense there really isn't anybody else to do it for us so me, we've decided that hey, question, then. Yeah. would would you say i guess i guess if you could say what's your mission what what is your philosophy or your goal in this virtual space in this nft space what is, what is your goal what what do you what do you want when it's when you look back and you when you say it's done well, I mean, on a personal level, all I want is financial freedom for myself. I want the ability to spend time with my family and my friends and not have to worry about how I'm going to pay my water bill, you know, how I'm going to pay my electricity, how I'm going to pay for the roof over my head. Uh, I don't want to worry about, you know, not being able to spend time with my family because, you know, they have to work or do things or, you know, I I want to just be with the people that I love and and, you know, live my life without having to deal with these, you know, extremely biased and oppressive systems that, you know, are, that make it hard for people just to live. Um, but my, my overall goal, my, my, you know, bigger picture is that I want that for everybody. And Mm. so with the blockchain and crypto, like that's possible, you know, we can, we can live on these systems, run on these systems and have those lives to where, we can still get stuff done. You know, we can still have a world that operates and functions. We can still have restaurants. We can still have workers. But it's just we have to change the dynamic in how we interact in those systems. We need to change the dynamic of what it means to, you know, to be a part of society. Right now, you know, we're not really part of society. We're just, you know, little bits and pieces of in a mach- little bits and pieces in a machine, you know, helping it run. Yeah. And so yeah my overall goal is just to bring back community, you know, bring back the idea that, Hey, we all are of value. We all can give something of value to each other where we can all, you know, function and have our very basic needs met. You know, it's like the idea of the constitution, you know, like life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, right? Like if you actually look at that and you look at the world we live in right now in the, in America, like everything that everything you see works against that a hundred percent. None of that is true. Life, have to pay X amount of dollars every day or you die. And afford, you know, it costs yeah. much to get food, water, shelter, right? Liberty. Well, you can't really do a lot of things because there are a lot of laws, which some of them, you know, are perfectly fine because they are more in the trying to prevent people from, you know, doing some serious harm or things. But a lot of them are just for control and domination. So we have no liberty. We have no life. You talk about the pursuit of happiness, you know, just just drug laws in themselves are the exact opposite. You know, that we already have yeah. laws 
robbery, right? We have laws for murder. So why do we have laws on drugs? Because we don't want people to do whatever they want. Because if somebody on drugs breaks a law, it's already there. You know, we don't have to punish them for being on the drugs. We just punish them for breaking the law. You know, if it yeah. doesn't matter if somebody commits a murder, whether they're high on drugs or not high, that punishment for murder is still there. If they want to be high or not, and then break a lot of concepts at one time. Like, I, I want to slow you down because you're all over yeah, the place. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it, it does. It does get crazy. But I mean, ideally, my goal is just for everybody is just to, like I said, life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness in its truest form that everybody can live in this society, not just this country, but the world. We can all participate and work together. So that way we can all just be enabled to simply live our lives. And that's it. So you what's your one of one of the ideas that I like to keep in my mind, especially when I see all of the the um, the blurred lines, like the corruption, the whole this side agrees to just facts, but these people appeal to something more emotional. But I uh, like just certain events that happen, like just I think about um, I forgot the name of that lady that got shot in her home. Um, but the point is what I'm bringing up. I th- when I think about those things, I always say the real answer is better tech. And I like to think through the means of better tech. One of the things that we would do for us as a people is we would evolve us to need old things like like food should not be a question. Um, honestly, I think we're getting to a point where stuff like as simple as like Internet should not be a question. Like It's almost to the point where if you can get to a space where you make Internet free all the time as a norm, like that's one less thing people have to worry about. I, I, I like to think with tech, this would be the route there. And I guess uh, to connect that with the, the crypto and NFT experience, do you see the do you see the nft world doing something like unlimited eliminating a non-renewable resource or replacing it to a point where people can now utilize something like i don't know um like do you, do you see the nft world taking a resource that right now we think is finite and we pay for but an in a, like the whole space at the NFT space as it evolved, do you see that doing something along those lines in the future? I mean, I mean, I absolutely think so. I mean, it's you know, I definitely believe and agree with you know what you said about the technology, and that's definitely you know one of the biggest aspects of it. You know, it's not. I mean, because one of the biggest problems is that what's happening or what's what has happened is that technology is greatly being used against us because mm-hmm. we don't get to control the source of the where it comes from, the operating systems that they run on. We don't have any say in how those systems are operated. You know, like, for example, your cell phone. Doesn't matter what people want to believe or what they want to accept to be the truth. The government has the ability, and they do it, to access every single phone any given time information collected from the cameras from the microphones from your searches all that data to the point where they can very literally turn on your cameras because they have access to it in a back in a back end 
You know, like that's a problem because we don't get any say in that. You know, that's why, you know, Edward Snowden came out and told the world because he yeah. was helping the, these technologies. And he was like, hey, you know what? It's messed up that we're doing this and we're not at least telling everybody that we have this capability. You know, at least giving everybody the chance to decide for themselves like, oh, shit, guess what? We can hack into your phone and your emails at any given time. You can't do anything about it, but at least having that knowledge, you can make decisions to change that or perhaps, you know, organize. So I think with blockchain technology, what is happening is that it's taking this <clears throat> other technology that we already have, these other systems, and it's creating the ability to make those systems transparent, uh, to make verification possible to where, you know, we people can't hide behind any veils, you know. They can't lie anymore. Can cheat a little bit, but with the verifiability of the blockchain and the autonomous nature of it with AI, the transparency, yeah. like those are the biggest factors that we're going to recreate this world to go back to what it was, open, honest, and true. And so I absolutely think that with NFTs and crypto and stuff like we can do that because we have the technology already in place like like you mentioned the food thing like america alone produces enough food to feed the entire world every year we make more food than our country can handle the majority of that gets thrown away because it's non-profitable for them so instead of feeding people in need you know it's trashed but we can change that with blockchain you know we can ensure that hey we can make sure all these things happen and automate it without uh automated without having to have the government or these big corporations involved we just have to find the right people who are willing to participate into these systems if we can't find them then we become them right? like we create now, a question security about that because when it comes to a technical a technical aspect and i think about this you know what blockchain is essentially it's uh it's it's coding but on a level <clears throat> where you assign a particular number to each individual idea per se like and it's like a very long number for things that's that's what makes it that's what allows people to have the ability to create unique things on a on a particular blockchain and when these thoughts when these when i think about that i i associated with kind of like quantum computing in a way and the we're not there yet, but I'm, this is probably something like maybe in the next five years. But I think about how we do all these things now, like when, when it comes to making your passwords now for for just crypto, you know, you got your phrases now. They want you to choose eight words and to for, for protection. And then, you know, everyone's getting up to speed on this and they're making the thing all around the board. And in a way, it's like, oh, it's prepping you so you can be kind of protected from our, our current technology but once we get into the quantum era it's just like everything's amped up like i do you think that well have you have you given any thought on quantum computing being a problem for the blockchain um it's definitely something i i've thought about <clears throat> because honestly I, I for me it's the opposite that we need quantum computing to solve a lot of the issues that we are experiencing on the blockchain, uh, as far as um, speed of the uh, the ability of speed, you know, to to operate um, mm. simultaneously and autonomously. So, 
quantum computing, I mean, definitely is an interesting thing. You know, they're already, you know, testing things out in different countries. But, I mean, the basic idea is that our computer systems right now run on a binary code. You know, it's a system of ones and zeros, ones or zeros. And so with yeah. quantum computing, what we find is that, you know, it changes that. And so what it does is create that a system where those ones are also zeros and the zeros are also ones at the same yeah. time and they're neither. So it's an incredible thing to even just try to wrap your head around that. So it, you're talking about this could change, you know, the, the speed at which we transact, uh, the speed at which, you know, information is sent and given. So I think that coupled with the blockchain would actually be beneficial because again, you'd be able to place it on a system that's open, transparent, and so it needs it needs verification. So you, what the blockchain does, basically create an aspect of honesty amongst all the participants and users of those blockchains, because like it's just the way that it has to be, you know. Because we have the ability to, in a sense, fact check. You know, that yeah. if you tell me you're going to do something and you said do it on the blockchain, I can verify that information and see it to be true or not. And so it's just instantaneous. Whether it's true, it'll be there. If it's not, it won't. You know, there's going to be no question or doubt. There won't be any investigation. It'll just be plain as day. And, and if you're yeah. unwilling, you know, to give up that information, then obviously, you know, something shady is going on. But with quantum, quantum computing, man, I think, I think it'll increase that ability and really give us an edge I mean, when it comes to the public, but really give people an edge to kind of separate from governments and banking systems, and which is why I think you know it's going to be a little while before the you know the governments. I feel are they're a little reluctant to give us that technology because of what it can do and the power of it. Yeah, but I think it has good potential. I mean, yeah. I think anything honestly utilizing blockchain systems will benefit because again it just creates this i this idea that it has to be open transparent and verifiable so which you because you saying that one of the one of the things that i i've noticed when we were talking is we kind of just went at it full steam ahead and if someone randomly were to just start this conversation <laughs> they'd be like wait what so i i wanted i want to Take a second and do two things. I want to hear your definition of what you what what NFT what NFTs are, um, and the other thing, your origin story, because I know you've been at this for quite some time. So please elaborate on those things. I'll start with the NFTs. I mean, very literally, what it means is non fungible token. And yeah. so the best way to explain that to somebody who has no idea what that is, which I myself didn't at the beginning. Um, so let's take Bitcoin, for example. Bitcoin is what is a fungible token. So that if you and I both have one Bitcoin and then, you know, Johnny in you know South America has a Bitcoin and, you know, Juan in Spain, we all have one Bitcoin, right? It's going to be the same value no matter what, no matter where we are, no matter what we do. When I send that Bitcoin somewhere, it's going to be the same value as your Bitcoin. Now, a non-fungible token, what that would be is that we all have Bitcoin. But yet, let's say my Bitcoin was minted earlier than yours. I have like a number five mint. You have a number 127th mint Bitcoin. Mm. 
people, those values are not equal. Even though it looks the same, works the same, is in a sense is the same, the actual coding and the transactional IDs are not the same. Very unique that they are two different assets, even though they are completely alike. Um, so they do not have to have the same value. They can. They can have the same value. But I can sell my Bitcoin for, you know, a thousand bucks. And you can sell, you can, I mean, mine can be worth a thousand, yours can be worth 20 million, you know, whatever. It all depends on the collectability of it, you know, the utility and all that stuff. So let's say I give my Bitcoin utility and you don't. Well, mine can be worth a lot more because I'm going to be like, hey, my Bitcoin actually comes with gold. So if you buy my Bitcoin, you'll get an equivalent of gold or you'll get X amount of gold, you know. So that's where non-fungibility comes in. Is that, you know, it's, uh, it takes two things that can be similar, but it creates a uniqueness uh, using, using um, you know, the blockchain technology uh, by basically creating digital thumbprints. These yeah. thumbprints look very, very similar to where you almost swear to God they're the same thing. But, you know, in a sense, as far as values being created, they are not equally valued. <clears throat> so that's what NFTs are. I'll go ahead and backtrack. So I'm Miggy Crypto. Um, I've been involved in the cryptocurrency space for about 10 years now. Got started in 2011. Uh, I don't remember how or why. All I know is that when I found out about the idea, you know, of the blockchain, specifically Bitcoin, because, you know, the blockchain technology came and the first innovation of the blockchain was Bitcoin. And so when I heard about Bitcoin and what it was capable of and just, you know, again, the idea of having a monetary system that is open sourced, that the ledger is completely public, you know, it's like, yeah. it, it changed my, my way of thinking because it just, it, I, I don't know why I did, but I could just really understand the value for the community. And that it's just like, it, it really gave you ownership of your money again. That in order to have a Bitcoin in your digital wallet, you must have a Bitcoin in your wallet. Meaning that you must have, you know, that information uh, expressed in the blockchain. So yeah. in order for you to have it in your wallet, you know, the blockchain information has to portray that. It has to say that in a sense, you know, when you actually break it down and read the coding, like it'll, it'll literally say, you know, in its text. Well, I mean, it won't say, but it'll show in its tech that this Bitcoin, this trend, this number of Bitcoin was sent to this address and it will be cemented in that data, in that immutable data. So it's, the, it's different because you would think that having a physical dollar, you know, means you have something, but it's like completely opposite. You know, having a physical dollar yeah. in all actuality, you don't have anything. It's worthless. It doesn't mean anything. But having a digital a Bitcoin, a digital Bitcoin is, the, is, is actually valuable. It means something. There's actually something there, even though it's digital. Real funny idea. I fell in love with that concept. You know, I really understood, you know, what the um, potential was for the ability for people to really own their own money. Because in a bank, we don't own our money. And then it really showed me and taught me a lot about, you know, the current system that we do operate on you know, the banking systems, the financial systems, because yeah. like cryptocurrency now, a, ma- a huge majority of the world do not even know how their money works. You don't know that it's actually a ledger system you know, that the banks 
they control those ledgers. And every time we transact or we make payments or we buy things, you know, all these things are, are supposedly recorded on this ledger. And what that's supposed yeah. to do is create a sense of um, um, trust and, you know, ownership that, hey, we can see, you know, what's going on, what's happening and what, whatever, you know, we can find these transactions and we can read them. But that doesn't work with our banking system. They control those ledgers. We don't get to see them. So we don't know what's happening to our money when it's in a bank. We don't know where it's going, yeah. what it's buying, what it's trading for. And then, you know, our incentive is to, hey, if you hold your money in our savings, we'll give you, you know, like 1% a year return. That, that ain't a damn thing in all the many ways you can make Clearly. money nowadays. The biggest problem, you know, with that is just the bigger picture. Again, is that that is what gives the governments the the central banks the ability to be so oppressive you know and, mm. and we see it you know with the wars that are being funded the drugs that are being run uh you know the countries that we are going and just completely toppling over financially uh it's only possible because of the u.s dollar it's only yeah. possible because the u.s dollar has no actual real value tied to it and our banking systems currently own the ledgers for all our transactional information and we don't get to see what happens and where it's going. You know, we don't get to see who's cheating, who's lying, who's embezzling. And so that's a big problem, especially when you have an unlimited money supply with no value. So that, you know, is for me was the biggest thing because I always believed and knew that the banking systems were a problem. The Federal Reserve was a problem. And because of that, it causes problems in the government and corporations. But with Bitcoin, again, like, and using that blockchain, it changed that. It, it'll, it'll change that. It'll force, you know, companies, people, and systems to be open sourced and honest. So that's what really, you know, attracted me to it. So flash forward, you know, 10 years of just buying Bitcoin, <clears throat> going on exchanges. I mean, I spent weeks at a time staying up late at night, all night, uh, just watching, you know, the charts, watching yeah. Every, go green, go red, go green, go red. You know, what time is it? It's three, four in the morning. Oh, China, Russia, all these other countries are awake. So you see the charts moving. You know, you see when it slows down. Like I spent a lot of time doing that. And then I, you know, I bought and sold it every way possible. Every way possible. I looked up every single way. How do you buy Bitcoin? And I mean, now it's a little bit different, but, but a few years ago, like I had bought and sold it every single way you possibly could. There was no other way. I've done it peer-to-peer -peer where, you know, simple like, hey, you pay me for this, I'll send you Bitcoin. I've sold it on exchanges. Uh, I sold it with um, platforms that had, uh, what's it called, um, intermediaries where, like, if you give your money to this platform, um, somebody will try to, you know, so basically I was selling Bitcoin with this third-party service online, and I would put up an yeah. offer for X amount of Bitcoin. Well, when somebody would want to claim that, it, would, it was an escrow service. There you go. That's the word. It was an escrow service for Bitcoin. So I could sell Bitcoin online with this platform. And people, there was different options on how to receive that money. So the way that I did it with the group of friends that I was working with, we were getting cash deposits to our bank accounts. And so once those bank accounts were verified and confirmed, then mm -hmm. we would approve it on the platform. And then the escrow would release the Bitcoin. So let's say I was selling like one Bitcoin. When somebody made an offer, the platform would escrow that Bitcoin. And then I, it wouldn't be uh, released until I would approve that. 
So I've done that. I've also used to sell Bitcoin on eBay. Sold paper digi- paper certificates for Bitcoin. I sold oh, man. Coin. Yeah, every way possible. Like there was not one way you could buy or sell Bitcoin that I hadn't tried. Um, because I just spent the years, you know, doing that, trying to find the best way to buy it, the cheapest way and the you know best way to sell it. So I did that for a while. And then, you know, just going through the years of having no support, you know, family not really caring or being opposed to it. Friends, same way, you know, then having the banks, you know, be against it 100 percent, having, you know, the media against it 100 percent, having the government against it. So it's like, you know, for 10 years, man, having the world work against me was a little distressful. But, um, you know, I stuck with it. I found my community. I found people. I educated people every which way I could. Uh, always encouraged, you know, everybody buying it. You know, I personally would make sure that I would help people get it. Um, until, you know, we see NFTs emerge. Uh, so the way I got started with that, I was still, you know, in Bitcoin. I just wasn't really doing anything much. Um, so I had friends in the community that I would talk to here and there, different chat groups or whatever it was. I had a buddy uh, named Sean Bear. He runs a show called Justin Crypto. Mm-hmm. Um, he introduced me to my first NFT. Uh, like I'd heard a little bit about them. They were just starting to come and kind of be popular. And so it was in February, um, the second week of February. He, you know, I, he posted something and then I hit him up and I was like, Hey man, that sounds interesting. Like I definitely like to hear about it. So we got on a call. He, you know, walked me through it, talked to me about it. And, you know, because of my 10 years experience with, um, the blockchain and crypto, it was easy for me to kind of understand, you know, the potential and the value in the NFTs. So he gives me my first NFT, which was an NFT with the, I'm sorry, it was a street fighter NFT. It was yeah. Bronca or Blanca, the Street Fighter character. Yeah. Gives me, that, gives me a couple NFTs for free. You know, shows me his collection. He's got like hundreds, like NFTs that are worth hundreds of dollars. He's got hundreds of dollars in his collection, all this shit. Puts me in Ken Bozak's Telegram chat. Um, and then that's it. Uh, well, three days later after that, my 18-year-old nephew passed away. Um, mm. Yeah, very devastating. Uh, really hard for my family and myself. You know, I spent... A lot of time being with my family, especially the last five years. Uh, when I lost my job in the pandemic last year, uh, I went to go live with my sister and work with her and my brother-in-law. Uh, spent a lot of time with my nephews. I have nine nieces and nephews um, yeah. that I grew up with. Yeah, two sisters, nine nieces and nephews. So, uh, you know, the youngest one is now just turned 12, just turned 11. Um, and then the oldest is like 22. So, you know, very close with my family and helped raise them. So, like, he passed away February 16th. Like I said, three days literally after I got my first NFT. Uh, so that, you know, it was a week or two that I was very minimally in the NFT communities. Um, but after his funeral, you know, I really needed something to kind of work towards and focus on because... Like I said, it's just it, it's still hard for us for us to get through. But uh, my sister too, especially yeah. her. Um, but you know, I knew that this was going to be something that no matter what was going to change all of our lives, and it had. And so I had, you know, we all had to make a choice. Uh, you know, like we had to make the choice, like, hey, we're either going to let this, you know, hold us back and you know keep us stagnant, or you know we're going to just appreciate the time we got to have you know, with him while he was here. And, uh, 
move forward. So, well, you know, like I, my, my, I'm the youngest in my family. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Because oh. I, 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 I'll just be completely blunt with how I am as a person. Like, I, I, I generally mean this when I say um, I'm, I'm sorry for your loss. Because um, the, reason, the reason it struggles for me, and I, I always have to tell this to people, is because um, I've had my periods of loss, and it kind of has made me not say that every time someone experiences a loss because it's like I know how it is and right you don't want to hear well for me I it grew to a point where I didn't want to hear that all the time when I was bringing it up but um yeah man I, I feel for you um uh for the longest I thought I thought you had lost your son because every yeah honestly every time I saw it I I yeah I thought you lost your son um but I mean that doesn't change the pain. But at the, at the yeah, man, I I even earlier when I wanted to say something with your about your dog because because um like I finally got to experience what it what it feels like to grow and get attached to a pet because I didn't have I didn't have a pet growing up. Um, it was always weird for me because you know outside looking in you're like oh it's just it, it's just a pet but. Like now I've I've been with like a, a rabbit for about maybe like two or three years or something like that. I think three oh, nice. years. And I I finally get it. Like I understand. So like I, yeah, bro, this is this is this is that little hug right here. Cause I, I, I definitely understand. <laughs> no, I appreciate that, man. And like, you know, that's it's this is my this is you know, the it's all a part of the story, you know, because without his death. I can honestly say I, I probably wouldn't be doing what I'm doing in the NFT space. You know, like it's very mm. unfortunate. That's what it took. But like I said, like after that, you know, I knew and, you know, I talked to my family, my sister that, you know, we had to make a choice. This was our moment to make that choice that we either do something extremely, you know, extravagant. It's like go for broke. Like anything can happen. And so why not just live the best life we absolutely can? Or, yeah. you know, we suffer. I mean, we're always going to suffer, but we let that suffering, you know, keep us from having joy, keep us from, you know, exp- experiencing love with our family. And so that's, you know, we made our choices. I made my choice. You know, my choice was to just go in hard, you know, in the NFT community because, you know, there was a lot of people that needed help. And like I said, I had been doing crypto stuff for 10 years. So it gave me an opportunity that, like, I knew, like, hey, I could really help you know, a lot of people and it would help keep me busy and fortunate to say my sisters made that same choice. You know, they made a choice to really to do something and move forward. So me making that decision uh, and doing what I did, you know, really kind of encouraged more of that um, because what ended up happening was that I was getting super involved. You know, I was on the chats all the time, all the yeah. time I was available. I was helping people, getting them through it. Starting to, you know, make my own NFTs, which my first NFT was my dog. First NFT was my dog that I made. I made a collection called Crypto Hounds. She's the cover of it. Um, Mm. Yeah, and it went really well. I had a lot of support from the community. You know, they were really cool. They encouraged me to start my own chat group. And so I did. And that's where Crypto Crypto came. I started just kind of moving in that direction to where I was like, you know, wow, like there could be actual potential as being a a, a creator, an NFT creator, because yeah. that was not really something I was kind of looking towards until, you know, I, I was like, fuck it, I'm going to try. And so because I'd been helping so many people 
everybody was just so supportive in helping me. Yeah. So I started my collection. Then I started getting involved with more artists who needed help. And then I just, you know, because I had been spending so much time on Twitter, on Facebook and Telegram and Discord, you know, what I was starting to see and find out as I talked to more people was that that's that's like the biggest thing about in any any NFT project. I mean, anything really that you do in life, but to run a successful NFT project, like being involved in all the communities, all the like not all the time, but being accessible and being on there. Like people need to get to know you online. And we were going through a time period of the pandemic to where a lot of people were living their lives online. So it yeah. made it easier for a bunch of us to connect, but some people just still don't know how to do that. You know, even with the pandemic, some people just still don't know how to do that, especially online. They have a hard enough time doing it in person. Yeah. So I was meeting these great artists who had wonderful art and I had a hard time selling it. So I just started telling them like, hey, you know what? I'm going to kind of do what my friend does. Why don't you make art for me? You make it for my brand and then I'll promote it. I'll sell it. I'll talk about it. I'll post it. You know, I'll wear it on my shirt, on my hoodie. You know, I'll do whatever I have to. I'll, I'll keep doing what I'm doing. You just make the art for me. Yeah. So that, you know, grew from that you know after his death like i really started to get involved started helping people and you know and my family were starting to get interested because like i was telling them like hey i just sold this digital art you know like i didn't make like crazy money but you know i made like a couple a few hundred bucks you know selling these digital pieces of art and they didn't really understand they were interested so you know it was all positive movement you know it was all it was all good stuff and so like you know, I'm grateful for my nephew for being in my life because he's he always will be. Um, but without this, like, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. And that has evolved so much since then. I got geared up to go to my first event in April because uh, I was involved with Ken Bozak's group. I had started my own. Uh, mm-hmm. Starting on my on my collection, had had some money to hire, you know, some website guys. So I got a website started working getting worked on and then i went to the miami crypto experience in april i set aside money for it bought found a really cheap flight you know thank god because the pandemic um yeah i found somebody in the community who had offered me to stay with them in their room in the intercontinental uh so you know i had kind of budgeted to make this happen because i knew like uh it was going to be important to get to meet people in real life and associate with everybody and, and kind of solidify them too, because I yeah. was watching, and actually, that's exactly when <laughs> I that was because I remember you, um, you you were trying to it was either a tire you had to get a new tire or something for your car, or and you 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 were oh, trying yeah. to make some you're trying to make a quick some quick money to like support your cause that and was, you drew something uh, on a napkin and I was like yo that's rude. that was uh that's funny that was actually the second time I went to Miami. So the first time I went, yeah, so the first time I went to this event, uh, I met everybody, met Ken Bozak. Uh, Crazy enough, I ended up winning a a first-class flight from Aurox Trading Platform, who are actually based in Dallas. I got on this Mm. Twitter contest for the event, and I won. And I talked, I met them at the event and talked to them. They gave me a first-class flight. So dope. Um, But I ended up talking to him, and he told me the reason that I won is because they went through like 10 people, and nobody could go. Because no, I was the only one that said yes. Ten, ten no's. No. Just have to be willing, man. It's crazy how that shit works sometimes, I'll tell yeah. you. And I, 
and I was already planning on like you know my like no matter what I was gonna go. So it was just funny that it came down to me like that. So I I, I cashed back my ticket. Like my plane ticket was like sixty bucks. So I just you know got a return on it and then uh, got a real fresh first class flight out there. Got a free room at the Intercontinental because the friend I stayed with just he decided he he ended up you know just telling me not to worry about paying him any money for the room. Uh, and then I met Ken Bozak. Uh, got to hang out with him the whole time. I was I didn't know, but at the time, but he was connected with all the main people running the event. So I was hanging out mm. with him, getting to know all the people running the event, and then I I kind of was just doing my thing, you know, offering my help when needed. So there was a, a opportunity that hey, uh, you know, Bl- Blockchain Wayne is is a big event runner for the Miami Crypto Experience. Really cool guy, uh, very knowledgeable. Uh, I, there was a call from uh, Ken's friend, who is now his manager. Her name's Annalise. Uh, mm-hmm. He was like, hey, um, we need, uh, Blockchain Wayne needs help doing some stuff, you know, some computer stuff, which I didn't really know how to do. But I was like, you know what? I'm not doing anything. There's nothing going on right now. I can help if you can show me what to do. So I went to go help him. Turns out, you know, he didn't need the computer help anymore, but then he needed a ride to go to Best Buy or something. So I was mm. available. I had a car. So I was like, hey, you know what? Yeah, let's let's go. I'll go for a ride. So I didn't know any of these people, you know, just they needed help. I was available, so I was like, yeah, I'm going to help. So I got to know Wayne. We went to Best Buy, got some um, handheld stuff for streaming, and then came back. Well, because I was with him doing all that, uh, so they had this VIP party going on the first day. It was on 420, actually. It was a VIP party by Rick Ross. Rick Ross has a brother, and his brother and a team of artists painted this Porsche 911 and auctioned it off. So it was a VIP, very small group of select people, of, you know, that paid into the VIP package, you know, low list celebrities, whatever. Rick Ross was performing and going to be there. So I'm helping yeah. Wayne. Uh, and then, yeah, so we're going up to the space where they're having the VIP stuff. And then uh, we get up to the front, we get to the desk, the girl, and, and I don't even know what she asked or what she says. And I was just like, oh, I'm just helping him out. And she's like, oh, okay. Well, she's like, well, if you want to, you know, come in tonight or whatever. Like, basically, she's just like, here, like, here's a wristband. She gave me a VIP wristband just because I was with them, you know, just because she's like, all right, well, hey, you know, take one of these so that we can, you know, be up there and have no problems and nobody will bug you, whatever. And I was just like, fuck, yeah. like, okay. So I got into the VIP party for Rick Ross, and it was like, you know, I was definitely not going to get in. And it was, I forget how much the ticket was. It was something ridiculous. Um, but yeah, because I was helping out and I was with him, he was like the men of ink guy. Um, he was, he looked at me and he was like, yeah, get a wristband. And I was like, all right. And you know, he was like, dude, you just got in for free. And I was like, hell yeah. So I, I went to the party that night. So freaking cool. Just, just a small room. Rick Ross was performing. I have a, I have a, a Facebook live video on my Facebook page. Uh, I'm pretty much just on the stage, like the whole time, like four feet away from him, uh, he actually hugged my friend because she's this, you know, cute little girl that's doing uh, NFT and crypto stuff too. Yeah. Uh, but he hugged and shit like that. But I was like four four feet away from him the whole time on stage watching him perform live. So freaking cool. My first event, got into this free VIP party, been hanging out with all the, you know, people who run the event, free room at the Intercontinental, free first class flight. Like, man, they were, it was really like living up the vip life and it was costing me nothing like it was amazing man my so first experience in the law of attraction because i hear that <laughs> absolutely man absolutely um i i'm a big believer in that you know and, and i mean 
uh, some people won't understand, but it's just like, you know, I definitely felt that I, I deserve to be in those spaces. You know, like, like I said, some people may not get that the way I say it because it does sound like, you know, it can sound bad, but like I absolutely 100% feel I deserve to be there because the things that I was doing, you know, because for me, like being involved is important because I know if I can be involved at that level, I can really help people and really do big things. And so it was just working out that way, you know, that I was exactly where I needed to be when I needed to be there. And I, I hear you say oh. that. I see posts about that on Facebook often, um, you know, have the day you deserve. Go go into that philosophy because I'm interested in it. Every time I come across it, I, I see it because I have my own my own philosophy, which is like, hey, get up, get at it and, you know, do those things, you cre- create the things <laughs> you desire. So, yeah. yeah. What do you mean by it? Uh, so I, I saw that somewhere and it just really resonated with me because, because we always want to put like, I always see like a big thing in society that, you know, people want to imagine that they think they know what other people deserve. You know, like, oh, you get what you deserve or you're going to get what you deserve, whatever. At the yeah. end of the day, you're the only one who gets say in what you deserve. And so... I think when I say that, you know, it really gets people because the people like having like have a good day, you know, which is whatever, have a bad day, whatever. But, it's, you know, have, have the day you deserve. It just kind of, you know, like it'll I think for me, it kind of helps people put them in the situation that if they have a bad day, you know, did I deserve that? And it's like, well, if I deserve that, what did I do to have this bad day? I think it just yeah. kind of will help people in the long run kind of internalize you know, what it is to really create your day. And so when you have the day you deserve, it's kind of like, it It sounds like the opposite of what I want it to mean. It's just like, you're going to get the day that you want. So when you have the day you deserve, you'll see at the end of the day, the day what you deserve. You know, like if you had a bad day, did you deserve it? It's like, well, if you look at it, did you just do it to yourself in a sense through your perspective, through your actions or inactions? You know, yeah. and so when people are like, well, I deserve to have a good day. You know, well, what do you think they're going to do? They're going to have a good day because nobody's going to say they deserve to have a bad day. And so it's also kind of partly that too. It's kind of a partly a way to kind of train people in the way that, hey, um, when I tell you to have the day you deserve, you're automatically going to go to having, you know, that you deserve something good, which you do. Yeah. Nobody's going to think, should think to themselves that they deserve something bad. So my hope is that when they read that, it yeah. kind of it kind of kicks that in their brain. They're like, oh, have the day I deserve. Well, shit, I deserve to have a great day, you know, and that's it. And so, like, I want people to, I want to encourage more of that, that know what you deserve. You deserve everything amazing that the world has to offer, period. Nothing less. You deserve happiness. You deserve love. Nothing less. And so all those things are within our own power and control. So I just hope that, you know, it's a very, um, uh, very vague, you know, statement because it could mean whatever anybody wants it to mean. But that's my own personal thing is that I hope that it kind of inspires a little bit of that and kind of encourages people to really be like, well, I deserve to have a great day. So that mentality, they'll find ways to make it great. You know, maybe, maybe it's even as simple as like, Hey, I'm going to bite my tongue. And somebody says something that annoys me, you know, and or instead of like, people don't realize like, you don't have to do something good for somebody to do something good or to have be a good, you know, be a good person. It's like you can just you know, know when necessary, when it's not, you know, whether it's engagement or whatever. When you 
when so there's a there's a parallel thing that I do because when I look at that, what you do is you put the power in the person's hands, and that's why because for the longest I would always say, oh, I don't have time for something, and the simple change of the thought process or the the, the word choice switching, I don't have time to. Um, I need to, I, I need to make time for that. Or I need, you know, it's like, I need to plan or schedule time for that. That, that just shifts the mindset. And I, I really think people need that. And it's funny because on the contrary, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily like saying grand rising because yeah. it's, it's like, I, I'm going like a hey, morning still means morning. It doesn't necessarily mean, cause it, a lot of people was like, no morning means you're in morning. So I just I See, that's like what, that's what somebody said it to me. So when I heard, it, I was like, you know what, I can dig that because he said the same thing. He's like, you know, when you think of morning, you know, it kind of associates with the morning because that's one thing about English language. You know, is those misconceptions of words because they sound the same. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even though they have different meanings. So it's definitely like a very big uh, mind game. You know that I feel pressed upon us you know in our subconscious like there are things and phrases and expressions that we use that are very literally working against us in a sense and so like i don't take it to 100 percent heart of the morning thing but it just like it was just a cool thought you know to be like hey you know what you're right like why would i want to celebrate morning well you know morning appropriately is good morning but it's like you know i'd rather just whatever grand rising like it just sounded cool so like i totally oh. like that you don't that you're that you're not completely into it because like it's such a weird thing, you know, like I get it. I, I just sometimes like this has always been the thing with me. Sometimes when everyone is, might be on something else, the defect in my my mind this is like, all right, well, I'm either going to create something different or or, you know, it's it's, a, it's one of my not necessarily defects, but it's, it's the thing that I notice. It's a habit of mine when a lot of people are doing something. I'm like, all right, well, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to delivery. I'm yes. going to deliberately do something else. <laughs> I like that. No, and that's honestly, and that's the best part about that because it's just like, for me in the big in the big picture of things, what I want is to end uh, any type of misconceptions of like what words mean because like yeah. to me, man, don't really matter. Like, yes, they're being used against us and having an awareness in that can empower you. And then to the point to where if you really realize that, hey, change the meaning of the words by just not making it matter to you. You know, like words that are offensive. It's only offensive because you choose to be offended by it. But if you decide, mm-hmm. you know what, this may be an offensive word, but I'm just not going to give a shit. Who cares? It's literally a word. You know, you have to take that power away in those words because words do have power. You can undermine that power by making those words useless because in the end, it's all about the vibe. It's all about what you're really about at the core. You know, that yeah. energy that you put out, that your body literally resonates with. You know, words go so far, but real intention is beyond words. Yeah, you you know, that, yeah that this words don't hold a candle to. Some things just have no words. So just kind of, you know, that's my thought is that like in the end, as long as I can make it that words don't kind of matter, then they're kind of mine to play with and do whatever I want, you know, like, you know, yeah. it's fun now, I guess. <laughs> like I used to always make a word because they that. sounded good. Because intention is definitely, that's because that's one of the things that I've, I've learned that that's what really matters. Like the intention is 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 most important i really wish we lived in a world where we spoke in intention opposed to 
all of the nuance we come up with, all of the just just what we regularly do as humans on the regular. I, I I do wish we could get to a point where intention is the language along the board, or we have the ability to speak that. Like I, I would be nice. That was an option. That's I mean, but that that's a hundred percent. Like I totally feel that because that's like one thing that basically you know like I want to encourage and I try to, you know, I just try to keep my life and everything one hundred. So like with this event, you know, all these things that happened was just because, you know, like I was excuse me, putting myself in that position to do it. I was putting myself in the position to let those happen. Um, you know, living in the moment, just, you know, always being available for people who are in need when they're in need, you know, yeah. don't get me wrong. Like I'm going to support myself first above all, like make sure that I have what I need. Yeah. As long as I have what I need, you know, I'm readily available to help anybody to get them what they need. So being in that mode, you know, put me in that position, you know, like, and just kind of like you said, like that intention, because like I had intended every bit of that moment of that event. I remember I even told my nephew, um, both of them, uh, like I remember telling him, I was like, man, like if I can do this right, like if I can go to, the, if I can just go to this event and just be there everybody and me like if i can just do what i say i was gonna do like i told everybody i was gonna go meet them and just get to know them and meet them you know as long as i can do that i knew it would be something like a big springboard for me so that's what that's what happened you know went to miami met amazing people met ken bozak absolutely fell in bro love with him you know like him and i are just like really um akin to each other you know our our week our birthday's a week apart born the same year his birthday's november 1st mine's november 5th actually having a Halloween party this uh, New York. Uh, but we really vibed, you know, because it just, we were very similar. He had a lot of experience in the crypto space. He has more, way more experience with NFTs and he is a true influencer. Um, yeah. You know, big support group, big, big following. But the thing that was very, what really got us, you know, connected was that we were very similar in the way we vibed, you know, like we just absolutely love our friends and our family and we just want to make sure that everybody's taken care of. And we know that if we take care of each other, you know, everybody can get the support and benefit. And so he's just one of those people that he's in a position to help others and help them in big ways. And so he does. So he basically, you know, after getting to meet him, uh, that's whenever the next couple months or the next month or so we ended up, um, creating shitcoin and that's when i went back to miami so it went yeah. from meeting him being his friend to where he entrusted me to help manage his his first event ever that he funded himself and we threw in miami as a kind of like a big fu to the bitcoin conference yeah and it, and it was successful i had no experience but it just things excelled that quickly that i went from just being a community member helping people now yeah. here's this guy who has a big following crypto millionaire you know he's gonna throw his first event ever which you know knowing his his popularity like it has to be successful and then he's gonna put me in charge of a big chunk of it so that happened i went back to miami for shitcoin did the event was amazing had a great time uh connected with a lot of amazing people we connected a lot of amazing people together and then that's yeah. where I blew. That's where I blew out my tires, <laughs> in my that time in Miami. <laughs> I blew out my two right tires, and so what I did was I made tire NFTs. So before I went there, because I drove, I made gas can NFTs, and those gas cans were exactly what I said they were. They were just to support me, 
I can pay for gas for the trip. And I had people buy a few, so I had most of my gas paid for. And when that crash happened in Miami, or the, the tires happened in Miami, I ended up, so what I did was I took a picture of a tire online, changed it up, edited it, and then I animated it. And then, so I was selling the tires. I still have them in my collection, but I was selling the tires for my project Road Bros, which was, you know, yeah. in the traveling to events, crypto shit. But, you know, yeah, I had, and I had people, you know, support me. And, you know, people supported me and kind of like what you saw, like, you know, people were watching, uh, watching the streams. And so that's one thing is that, like, as I started to really immerse myself in this world, I really found that people could relate to me. Yeah. That I could relate to others. And that people, you know, very genuinely enjoyed following, watching, listening. And I was very happy. I am very happy to bring everybody into that world. You know, I'm like getting to stream it, talk about it and have people care to actually watch it. You know, like I did it for me for the most part because like I just enjoyed, you know, I wanted something to keep record of and record, you know, and just be like, hey, I'll watch this stuff later. But now yeah. it's turning into that. People are really starting to connect with it. You know, and I'm getting more it's followers. It's an adventure, man. Like that's, I, I, I tell you every time I see it, I'm, I'm excited to see you on your adventure. And honestly, I think that's, that's a lot of us because I think what happens us as people, we subconsciously choose champions, you know, it's like this weird thing. Like we choose people to rally behind and, and in a way like that's, that's you're, you're giving off this light. And I mean, shoot, I, I, most humans like, light, and you know, that kind of just comes from like a champion, bro. Like, yeah, like it's, I appreciate that. Yeah, man. I, 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 it is a blessing. You have to. <laughs> yeah, no. And honestly, and that's, you know, so that's the thing, you know, like after Miami, things went great. Uh, I left Miami, went back home, I drove, you know, and just being a part of the community, getting to be able to touch so many people's lives. And the fact that even just, you know, helping somebody understand MTs and understand their potential with them. You know, just doing that is enough to where, hey, that person can change their life now that they know know the potential of it and they understand the value of what they can do and they know their capability of doing it. So now it's like, mm-hmm. you know, you tell people like, hey, this is what you can do. And then they're like, oh, shit, you know what? I, I can do this. This is what can make me money if I do this with that. So like people start to discover, you know, what, what they're really about. And, show, and know that, hey, everybody has some kind of talent, some kind of service, some product, some good. Basically, they have something they can monetize. Everybody, every yeah. person. They're just like, hey, I can physically cut your grass. You know, that could be a freaking NFT. You know, anything. Yeah. So it's really cool. So I went back and then there was another event um, in Newport Beach in July. So Ken, I found out Ken was going. And so I decided again, I made that choice. Like, hey, you know what? No matter what. I'm, you know, I'm gonna go for broke. Like, I'm, you know, I've already given my family a lot of time over the last few years. And so, you know, especially when my nephew passed, we were definitely spending a lot of time, but I knew that I felt that in my heart, this was the moment that I needed to, you know, my, we all needed time to do our thing, you know, kind of not separate, but just kind of really develop more in our own right because we were grieving. So, you yeah. know, I made the choice to be on, out on the event. So I, like I said, I just knew like I had to go to, I had to go to Newport beach, no matter what, just get there, find Ken, stay with him, go to the event, have fun and just meet people and see, you know, and I offered my help again. You know, I, I had a friend who's doing uh, a 
running the event out there named Mike Smart, who I'm actually working with uh, a lot right now. Uh, yeah. He's enabled me to do a bunch of stuff, um, but he was running things. So I asked him if he needed help. Oh, I'm sorry. And him and Russell Chorus, that's who it was, who I was actually going to help. He was doing like an NFT gallery. So, you know, I offered my help. He was like, yeah, come to the event. You can help us, you know, uh, story short with that. I ended up not really having to do anything. So I just had fun, hung out, met a bunch of cool people, uh, got to listen to some jazz, hang out in California, LA, went to the beach, you know, did all this fun stuff, but made a lot of good, like, good connections for networking, for events, for all kinds of stuff. After that, uh, Ken and I decided to road trip back. So let me backtrack real quick. Before I went to California, um, and after Miami, I had found out, or before, right before shitcoin, I'd found out my dog got diagnosed with lymphoma. Uh, she's mm. 14 years old, uh, you know, old. And I found out, you know, she was having these issues come up, took her to the nurse doctor, had all these tests. Um, she had lymphoma. So I decided to you know, take her with me because, um, I knew that I didn't, you know, she could pass at any time and, you know, she would have been stressed out if I would have left her in that state. So I decided to take her to Newport. I drove from Dallas to Newport Beach, took her to the event. Yeah. Everyone loved her. Uh, we got interviewed for NFT the movie with her. Uh, she, everybody, she was just had a blast. Everybody just showed her so much love. Every person. We went to the beach, took her to the ocean, you know, just did all kinds of cool stuff. Then, you know, Ken decided that he wanted to drive back with me. I offered to drive him back to Miami because he had to go to Maui, but he had like about a week uh, and I had nothing to do. Yeah. So we decided to road trip and I told him, you know, like he knew my dog had lymphoma. So I was like, hey, I'm going to take her on an epic road trip before she passes. So he's like, let's do it. So we drove to LA, hung out with uh, some artists that he's working with and his art manager. Um did some cool stuff out there. We went to Sedona, met up with another friend who was an art, NFT artist. Uh, then from Sedona, we drove to North Carolina to meet up with another friend who's an NFT artist um, and musician. And then from there, drove to Coral Springs, Florida, because uh, that's where our other team people and he was staying at. So he, I took him there. He flew to Maui the next day. And then I stayed in Coral Springs with my dog for a couple weeks. Um, we went to Naples, we went to Fort Lauderdale, uh, I took her to Fort Myers, we swam in the Gulf, we swam in the Atlantic, uh, so she had hit every ocean. Stayed there for a couple weeks, you know, just hanging out with friend, with the one friend that didn't go to Maui, because like all our other wow. friends went. Um, so we just stayed, you know, hung out, did some work together, did some VR stuff, you know, just kind of, you know, continued doing what we were doing, but just chilling. And so after that, I went back home to Dallas. And then I was invited out to Utah uh, yeah. for NFT the movie because um, I had been interviewed in shit, at Shitcoin for the movie. So they wanted, so they needed help to do their NFT stuff, even just to kind of brainstorm on how they could do things, what they could do. So <clears throat> Ken wasn't available. I mean, he he not available for that kind of stuff. So we had spoke. I told him I would help them out with certain things and. You know, they ended up calling me. I was like, hey, why don't you come out to, uh, to Utah, come out to Park City where the Sundance Film Festival is and just kind of we'll hang out and work and we'll see how you can help us out. So I did that. So I packed up the dog, you know, a week after getting back from that road trip. Uh, we drove to Park City. You, well, we drove to Salt Lake City first uh, from Dallas to meet up with the team. Um, and then from there drove to park, we were, went to park city where we stayed there. Uh, it's where the film Sundance film festival is at. 
Yeah. Um, stayed at a really cool Airbnb. Uh, did some really, you know, really productive work. Um, I ended up doing this really cool podcast on somebody's show. Uh, he goes by Crypto Jesus. Um, we streamed one of this artists that I met. Uh, he did a spray painting live on stream. Mm. Uh, and then uh, when he was done, I made it an NFT, auctioned off the number one mint, and then have the other 99 uh, digital copies available for sale. Did that all live. Uh, while we were streaming, uh, while I was in Park City, Utah. <laughs> and so uh, it was cool, man. Did a lot of cool shit. Got to hang out, hang out there with my dog. Uh, she, by at that point, you know, she was doing really good up until, you know, I got back and we went to Utah. After that, she started to decline pretty rapidly. Um, yeah. So my daughter's birthday was on the 20th and uh, September 20th. So I left... Um, or was it her first day of school? It was her first day of school, I think. Because I was in Park City, Utah in like um, September, early, early September. Uh, I'm not, no, August. Okay. My dates are getting so screwed up. I'm, all this traveling is throwing me off. So anyways, from Utah, I drove to Ohio. Uh, I got there one night with me, her and my daughter. Uh, she passed away the next day at my daughter's soccer game. Right oh, when the soccer game started, we were at oh, her man. game. We we drove an hour away to her game. Uh, she went and warmed up and got ready. Me and the dog were chilling in the car, and then the minute the game started, I took her out and then took her out to the field. Laid her down on her blanket. She started to kind of overheat, so I put water on her, wow. and she was passing away. Right oh, then, man. And then. Yeah, it was so terrible. I was so devastated because I had to like keep my keep my cool because like I had just put her down and there was a bunch of people out on the field. So I had to, you know, I picked her up, took her to the car and then drove her to Bansfield hospital. But she had passed yeah. away like sh- before I left the field. Like she was gone. I tried to get man, her off. Yeah, it was devastating, man. I still, honestly, it's still hard to deal with, but you know, it's just like one of those things, like, I, you know, it's something that I know just a part of life. And, uh, her for 14 years so i mean that's cool yeah but that's uh that that's tough that's tough man i I, like i said earlier bro i I, that's (laughs) i was i i was thinking about that one time like because the rabbit likes to hop on my back and i know that's like some really small but it's just (laughs) it's it's one of those things where like in my head i go maybe one day that she she will be a memory. So it turns into this like like oh damn I'm gonna miss that. So it's just like I, I get it. I I I, yeah. I I really do get it. One one other thing that I I want to just point out and I, I love I love the authenticity man. Like because I'm familiar with with your story because I mean I've been following you in this time period. I know about shitcoin all the way to to like when you <laughs> yeah. were uh, to the you know and it's just. I love the authenticity. Your story is as pure as like me seeing it through a freaking screen. Like it's it's yeah, man. Keep 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 being. No, I, I appreciate it. Thanks, man. Yeah. No, that means yeah, a lot. You gotta, you gotta do that. It's just it is definitely important, you know. Like I feel for that authenticity because for one, you know, we live in a crazy world and for a lot of people being vulnerable is hard for them because they see it as like, you know, in a, a weakness in a sense. And it took me a really a lot, you know, to it just took a lot of life and experience and, 
you know, a lot of decision making to kind of really understand that, you know, vulnerability is probably like one of the strongest traits that we have because it really shows, you know, our level of compassion and empathy for each other in the world that we live in. So, you know, and so being able to show people that, hey, like it's okay to be vulnerable because it doesn't make you weak. It just makes you authentic, you know, it makes you real connected. And so that's one thing why I do kind of share my life with everybody because it's just, I'm not anybody special. You know what I mean? Like I'm not some genius. I'm not some millionaire. You know, I don't have some super, you know, sporty talent. You know, I'm not like mega athletic, you know, I'm as, as average physically as they come. And as far as, you know, society goes, like I'm just everybody else. But you know, what I've been able to accomplish is just, I just want people to know like, Hey, like it's not without, you know, it's not out of their range to do something like this. You know, like if I can do it, if I can understand crypto and NFTs and have this life, like anybody can, because like, this is what I want to encourage is that like more people should have more control over what they do and they should make more decisions in what they do. You know, I feel like a lot of us go through life thinking we make decisions, but we don't we don't actually make them. It's just something that happens subconsciously that we just allow or fall into. We let a lot of society and world make our own, make our decisions for us. So, you know, I like to, I like that people are connecting with it because it means a lot to me, especially because, you know, we all experience, you know, things in our life because as much as we want to believe that our, that our, you know, experiences and our problems are unique to us, which, you know, they are, in a sense that when we experience them, they are unique. But, you know, when people are like, you don't understand because you've never been in my shoes. But like the thing is, you know, everybody experiences heartache. Everybody yeah. experiences grief, loss, loneliness. Uh, God bless those who don't because, you know, they all, you know, it takes a lot to really get to that point to really mm-hmm. not have to deal with those. <laughs> but we all feel those things, every single one of us. And so... I just want to do what I have to do to live my life however I can to encourage more people to do the same that, you know, we're all connected in that aspect. And so I think that's one thing that really is what makes what I'm doing really work because being able to be authentic and just be real really shows, you know, makes that good connection that people can have somebody to trust and follow because there is a lot of, there are a lot of scams out there. There is a lot of uncertainty. So we really need people who can kind of, you know, show everybody else that, hey, you know, like there's other ways and opportunities to do things and there's more self-empowerment. But I appreciate it, man. Like it's it's been tough, you know, like that dog really meant a lot to me. You know, she was in my life for 14 years. The last yeah. six or seven years, she's been with me, just me. And then the last two two months, you know, that we were on the road, like I was with her every single day. You know, even when I came home, like she, there was nowhere that I went that she didn't go with me. She was always with me everywhere I went because I didn't hang out with anybody but my family or her. Even when I went to go do work, I'd take her out to this bar, Dallas, uh, all the time to go do work. I'd take my laptop. She would chill outside. I'd have a beer, eat. So the the servers were real sad when I told her that she passed. But but I have yeah. her, you know, I have her. She's, like I said, she's one, she was my first NFT. So I'm very happy that, you know, I'm able to honor her in the sense, like even my profile pic on the Discord you know, that's me and her. Like I have other art yeah. of her as well. And so I really am, you know, once I have more time to do my own stuff, 
I really do plan on doing more, you know, to kind of honor her in that sense, you know, and just make more art of her and NFTs and possibly do more as far as um, creating like a collection, uh, like funds for people who have to deal with, you know, animal deaths because it's not, it's not cheap. Um, and for most people, you know, like they don't really just set aside money to handle their dogs or pets dying. And so, yeah. you know, for some families, like that's a cost that just absolutely does not exist. So there's, you know, some people who have to go without like their dogs pass and then that's it. They just they never get to have any type of uh, closure because they just end up being gone. So yeah. it's, a, it's a sad thing to say that, you know, it's, it could be expensive for your pet to pass. But some families can't afford it. So I want to at least like kind of use her collection to see if I can create like a little fund, you know, like use half the money that I raised for it to just kind of pull away. So when people have pets pass unexpectedly, you know, they can reach out to this website and then I can basically pay for whatever it is they need. That's like beautiful. for me, like I got, uh, yeah, cause like I got her a real nice, you know, marble urn, you know, it has her name on it. I got her paw print put on this freaking $200 silver necklace, you know, it's like the size of like a dime. <laughs> I have her yeah. ashes in another necklace, you know, like, and I want, and so my sister, you know, I wouldn't have been able to do that if it wasn't for my sister. Like she paid for all that, you know, and it was, it wasn't like anything crazy, but it's just like, you know, it was, it was something that I couldn't afford to do without her. And she just offered, yeah. you know, because they all knew how much she meant to me. So I want to be able to do that for people because it's like you said, like, I know how much people love their pets. And that shouldn't be something that they have to worry about that. Oh man, I have to show like a grand or like 800 bucks or whatever, just so that way I can make sure my dog is honored. You know, my companion, my pet, my friend, you know, is honored in a way that I can cherish them for the rest of my life. Yeah. So like it, it sounds weird, but I know like it just, it's something that it would be cool to just people not have to worry about that. Like, Hey, you can have a pet. And if anything happens, don't worry about the money. Cause it shouldn't, you know, that shouldn't be a big cost. Expensive enough for I, to I die. like how you're mixing those two together, the tech and the passion. The, like that is literally what you want from like ah oh, man, just tech and art, just the combination of both of those things. And absolutely, and that in having utility in that kind of man, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, that's that's great stuff. That is completely. Where it's supposed to be, if you in my book, for sure, man. Like that's the goal. Because another thing is that you know, same thing when my nephew passed. I mean, damn, it's expensive for an animal to pass away. But you talk about a human passing away, like holy oh, shit. Oh yeah, yeah. Cost that costs enough money that some people' lives are financially ruined. You know, for a yeah. lot forever. And you know, it's sad that that is a cost that you have to pay again to have the loved one pass and with how you put their body where you put it you know what happens and services all this stuff so the dog i thing, always you know, feel like it shouldn't even it, it just it it's like a bothersome thought for me it's like yeah. you already go through enough with the passing of someone then just to find out that you got to spend 25 to even some people's stuff can end up costing them more than that once you start getting into probate territory but just it's just the fact oh, absolutely you're gonna deal with so much crap like the audacity of other humans to charge us for dying. <laughs> oh, 100%. So that's why, like, if I can make this collection work and do this with my dog, I can scale that up, you know, to do that for people, you know, and have yeah. funds with NFTs created like, hey, these NFTs will basically go to help fund, you know, a, a pool of money that when people have like, unexpected deaths, 
you know, they can cover 15, 20 grand expectedly, or at least half, you know, something because like that, that cost could be very devastating. Like you said, like it's such a slap in the face, you know, it's already expensive enough to live, but now it's like, damn, when we die, it's going to cost the people we leave behind money that most of them don't just have sitting around, you know, for this, even with, you know, insurance and stuff like that. Like, it's just, it's such a dumb thing to have to even consider that, oh shit, our loved one died. Now we have to, now not only are we grieving, but we also have to up, you know, figure out the money. So my other sister, again, the same sister that paid for my dog, she paid her and her husband, man, my brother-in-law, like bless them, they paid for all my all the funeral stuff, like because they could. But it took like every, I mean, it took everything they had, you know. But like they, luckily, they had it at the moment, so they oh. helped my sister out, you know, and basically paid for almost everything. Took care of our fa- whole family for like a week. You know, they took us all to dinner all the time, bought us food. Like, I mean, there was a lot of people, you know, very charitable and helping. But that's something that, you know, if we can at least make people have a, one less worry in this world when it comes to money, that's what the goal is with, with this NFT stuff and cryptocurrency is that money, we shouldn't have to worry about money. You know, like, yeah. Even at times where, you know, it gets distressful doing what I'm doing because especially once I stopped working and then in April when I stopped working with my brother-in-law and my sister... Whole income was supplied by NFTs and cryptocurrency and just people, you know, wanting to support me. And it it does get stressful. And especially, you know, because it, growing a following, you know, like doing what I'm doing, like, man, it's hard. You know, like you told me earlier, like to keep doing it, you know, that to not stop like that, you know, that's the kind of motivation stuff that, like I need because like, you know, that's the kind of stuff I have to even tell myself sometimes because it's just, it gets hard, you know, sometimes it does get very difficult to to take on so many things and even knowing with the support you have but just again having to deal with financial situations that like yeah. create all this unnecessary stress that like man i don't even know how i'm gonna do this next thing because i don't have any money to do this you know or i need money to pay for my or or i need money to pay for these things and so now with event stuff now i need to come up with money for that you know and so like it gets discouraging at times because it, you know, it's a very new space that's growing, but then like, man, it's just the community always comes through. And so I don't know. It's just, it's a whole nother game that when you throw NFTs into the mix and you find your self empowerment, you can really get more support because not only people are supporting you by buying your NFTs, but they're also going to get something out of it, you know, as those NFTs grow in value. And so for me, you know, what I'm trying to do is do more, to create value in my NFTs, you know, yeah, by being more yeah. involved, by being connected with bigger names, other influencers, events, you know, because I want people who are supporting with the NFTs to know that, to be like, hey, you know, if I can stick with this and not give up, you know, if I can keep doing it, like maybe a couple of years from now, those NFTs might be worth a lot more just because yeah. of my involvement in the space, just because, you know, we are living in a society where, that's how things go. Like the more popular you get, you know, the more value your whatever surrounds you has, the people you have, you're around, you know, the environment you're around, the city, the place of the restaurant, like everything, you know, just you basically just become this value creator. And that's what I yeah. want. You know, I want to create value. That's what I do. That's it. Like I want to create value for myself and for everybody around me, for my environment, for my ecosystem, for my kid, you know, for my family, for my friends. Like, because I know if we all do that, if we're all creating value, everybody wins and stuff. So yeah, NFTs are definitely a game go. changer, man. Hundred so, percent. I, I, I would like to ask you, um, 
so things like so like with the with this with just all of the the travels that you have with all just the experience with nfts with just crypto as as, as a whole i want to ask you like your what's your favorite marketplace what's what's your favorite coin and why my favorite marketplace right now i mean it's not much of a marketplace but right now my favorite is probably i just use coinbase coinbase is my go-to um before yeah. i used to be really big on kraken kraken was my favorite yeah um yeah now same kind of goes for my coin right now my the coin that i absolutely am a big major supporter of that it's the only thing i really am operating on is the wax blockchain and that's mm. uh, the coin they use is wax p that is absolutely 100 okay. percent. if anybody asks me what coin i'm all in it's that coin because now, of wh- their great um it's just because it has a lot of great utility uh, for one, the coin is ve- is very inexpensive. It's only at like twenty one cents right now. Um, the utility they've created by having the NFT platform tied to their coin is very is very beneficial. It has a lot of um, options that you can do a lot with your NFTs. There's uh, you can gamify them, you can tokenize them. Like there's a lot of different ways that you can make NFT collection work. Also, the Wax blockchain it, it itself uh, operates differently than like the proof of stake or proof of work. Uh, what they use is um, they use storage capacity. Uh, so basically, you leverage your coins for storage capacity. So let's say you have a you have Wax. Well, it, they incentivize you to stake your Wax to CPU, to Net, and to RAM. What those three do is give you all the storage capacity you need to operate on their system, play their games, hold their hold your NFTs. But you know, they like I said, they incentivize you to stake. I when you stake into the net and CPU, that will also create a passive income where you will generate uh, fractions of of coin depending yeah. on how you have staked. So the more you have staked, the more passive income you can create. So let's say you're staking like $1,000 worth of wax and you're getting like a dollar a week, you know, worth of generation. So, yeah. So they incentivize you to stake to their, to their um, computing power and their, their, their usage. So that's one cool thing too, that it's very energy efficient. So it is the greenest blockchain that exists uh, to the point to where they're not only green because they run a very efficient system, green because they're also proactive in promoting and supporting projects nft projects on their platforms that uh go out and they're proactive in you know helping emit uh helping with uh emissions so like for example there's like a project i forget what it's called that they were they had they released on the platform and what they were doing was like every time you buy this NFT or you have X amount of NFTs, it would equate to a, pl- a tree being, being planted. They would mm. go out and literally plant the tree. And then there's other ones, you know, where they're like, you know, doing things to clean the environment or whatever, make, have things so that way the water can kind of be clean or however. But they're, they, they're starting to invest in those kind of projects that they, they're helping That's projects that are doing things. And so they're also green, but they also are encouraging NFT 
places, whatever projects that are doing that by supporting them on their blockchain. So everything about Wax, you know, I'm a big fan of, and it's very easy to use, very easy to transact. It trades against Bitcoin, um, very liquid. Uh, just, you know, I'm all about it. And besides that, I mean, my only other one that I would say that about is Bitcoin. I have others that I like, but Wax is like right now is my only one. And I've been, that's pretty much what I've been living off of for the last few months uh, is Wax P. But I mean, it's a great coin. It's a great blockchain. Um, the platforms are very easy to use. And uh, Capcom actually are the ones that um, basically brought Wax back to life. So it's being run by a gaming company. Um, so they have a lot of yeah, things going beautiful. for them. Like it's, it's very underrated, man. Like, and they have like some of the highest daily usage um, of all platforms, but it's very underrated. So that's why I'm, I am very happy to be a part of you know, using their platform and supporting them, um, promoting them, whatever. Because uh, I don't work for them. I just I love what they're doing and I love that I'm living, that I'm making money you know, like, to fund my life. Uh, using their I've, platform been, I've been platform. considering about using their platform as like a um, a way to connect to larger because I always envision having certain products that might be offered on maybe just something like an Ethereum based chain some, or engine um, but then I also thought about what if you need to have something that's a little bit more affordable for people then you would create a way to maybe break down whatever you're selling as a service or product on on a high on a more expensive chain, and then break it down um, for something like wax. I think that would be an interesting concept to use, to, so that way you can utilize both. Yeah, and 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 they just announced that they've created an ETH bridge. So, um, I think now or either very soon you'll be able to you know bridge over. Ethereum type NFTs or Ethereum itself, um, because it is an EOS IO, so it is uh, a derivative of the of the Ethereum blockchain of the EOS. So, or EOS Sweet. whatever. <clears throat> yeah, so it, they're doing cool shit. They have the Ethereum bridge. You know, they're they're running on well, in connection on exchanges with EOS and all kinds of stuff. Um, but it's a cool blockchain, man. And like I said, it's very underrated. So I'm hoping as long as I stick with them. That whenever people do realize, like, holy shit, this is like the bomb, that by that time I'll have solidified myself, you know, as an NFT artist or NFT creator on their platform. So I'm glad my collection is there. That's pretty much the only place it, I work from for the moment. There are others that I'm going to check out in the future, but for me right now, Wax and the Wax blockchain is basically it. Where it's at. I, I have I have like one more question and then I would like to get like some like your final thoughts and philosophies. But I, when you mentioned the idea of, you know, doing selling a, an amount of like wax or get, getting an amount of wax, like um, there's the concept with the whole trees and whatnot, like doing the charitable work. We we were having this conversation the other day amongst me and my, my team and we were trying to. We were basically thinking about, you know, figuring out a way to where people could invest money NFT wise so people could go out and maybe like pick up trash somewhere or or to, you know, just creating creating something like that. I, I do you have an idea on how to make that um, 
Yeah, how, how would you create something like that? And then the other question for later, could you? Is there a way you could send me a link or something like that? Um. So, I mean, it's funny you bring that up. Uh, because like I'm very literally like working on a project like that or about to be working with the with on a project like that. Um, it's not complicated <clears throat> to explain, but it'd be a lot easier if the guy that I would that's gonna do it, you know, would explain. Because <laughs> so basically, what you could do is essentially, you know, like you said, incentivize you know homeless people to pick up trash, right? So you have, maybe you give them a phone that has a geocaching app. And this phone also, you know, works in tandem with uh, these trash receptacles that have sensors in them, you know, to detect when there's trash being put in them and what type of trash, I guess. Um, So, you know, you have this phone where they can go pick up trash, they can throw it in the trash receptacle and then once the sensors go off that you know piece of trash has it put in the receptacle and the geocaching app you know shows that it's in the location of the receptacle you know that person is awarded maybe a, a percentage of crypto or or maybe he gets an nft you know that associates with um, like a bag of chips or you know a candy bar because you have this other company who decided to work together on this um, like that's like you know very basic function of an idea yeah. that you could do because that expands it to a lot more you know like to where hey you can actually incentivize people who are almost like that to do that for a living where they can be paid and then they can use that crypto to you know go pay for shit um, or you know all kinds of stuff but I am working I'm talking to people who are doing something like that um, there's this gentleman and the guy that he's working with, they've created this sorting system, this trash sorting system that runs with that idea that it has sensors mm. and lights. But what it's more targeted for is for the autistic community because he works with a company called Lace Nexus here in Texas. Yeah. That what they do is they they help people on the spectrum in the community that help them be trainable and employable. So the idea would be to take people from there, teach them how to use these phones and these apps and pick up trash or whatever, and basically employ them by getting them to clean up the city. Now, mm. that could, in a sense, that could, in a sense, be applied to the homeless people, too. Yeah, to anybody, really. Like, you can incentivize yeah. anybody by, here, download this app. When you throw away trash, you'll earn crypto. You know what I mean? If you pick up, you know, if you recycle shit, you'll earn more crypto. Oh, hey, we just made a deal with this bag, with this food company. So they're going to let us put an ink in their in their <clears throat> packaging. And so when you throw their trash away and, you know, this ink is scanned by the systems, you'll get an NFT that will give you some food from their brand, you know, or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot, a lot of different ways. But, yeah, I'm actually doing – I'm going to be doing stuff like that. And so that's one thing that I do – I'm very excited about. that. There's a few projects that I'm getting involved in. Um are going to be like epic on that level. Like it's not just going to be about selling NFT art, but it's going to be about, you know, the crazy kinds of utility you can provide to a society and real life application. So like, yeah. you know, things like that, you know, things like that are going to be what onboard the mainstream, not I'm people a big making fan a lot of that. money selling art, you know, not people creating amazing collections. Not people having coins and talking, but having it to where it's like, okay, how can the system be applied to better our society? Oh, hey, we can actually use it to help people and employ them. 
you know, yeah. teach them, train them, or stuff like that. People who are in need, like the autistic community, because most of them are the ones that end up being homeless. So it yeah. can be applied to, you know, all sorts of things, but I'm happy that, you know, I think by, you know, the mid next year, like a lot of these projects that I'm working with and talking to, I'll find they'll start, I'll be able to finally invest the time to get their NFT projects going. So that way, you know, people will know about it because those are, those are the ones like that's, those are the kinds of products that I'm really all about. I mean, I, I love all the NFT products. I love that people can create their own income, you know, tokenize their skills. I, it's absolutely amazing. But man, doing stuff like that, you know, we could definitely help homelessness and help, you know, all these autistic people who, you know, are having a hard time getting taken care of because it's expensive or their family members pass away or whatever. Yeah. And so like, you know, really helping a spot a space in need, you know, that's where it's going to be a game changer. So there's at least like, man, like I'm about to get involved with another project. Hopefully, fingers crossed that that'll put three like real deal things like that, that I'm going to get to be involved in. And I'm that's, so yeah. happy because like, it's going to be so cool. You know what I mean? Like that's the shit, man. Like that's going to be the game changer for sure. And the event we're having so, in Arlington, that's going to be another one too. I and I, that. I'm gonna, I need to make sure that I am a part of that because, well, I don't even need to explain myself. You understand why I need to be a part of that. Absolutely. Um, I, everybody needs to be part of it. Everybody yeah, they can. And, that's honest. That's the the next thing that I am trying to make sure I I do properly. Because one of the things I've noticed about I, and I I can't really just say for like most African Americans or or just uh, people of color. One of the things I've noticed is the whole barrier or the idea of oh you're talking about some imaginary money. Oh okay cool. I'm gonna go back and do some other shit and. What I like, I as I explain it to people and I teach more people, they understand the whole power behind it and whatnot. But I, I want to get to a point where I can teach it in like 30 seconds or less. Not 30 seconds or less, but you, just I want to be able to translate yeah. that more just from just to more people like where I'm from. Like it'd be nice to go to Oak Cliff and literally give the future to those those businesses that are there absolutely to just go back to your hometown and just basically help you know you make them come up by giving them the technology of the future absolutely man and that's one thing that i'm really happy for is that like like you said like i'm gonna get i'm gonna have this event in arlington you know like i grew up in the i grew up in this in this in dallas you know in dfw now I'm gonna throw like one of the, if not the largest, you know, blockchain gaming event to di- to his, you know, to date. You know, this is gonna be one of those things that I was telling you that I talked just talked about. Like it's gonna be one of those events that this is the game changers. Like these are the things that people realize. Like oh man, like these have real world applications. So it's exciting, man. I mean, my only suggestion to you is that the only way to really do that, like if you want to teach them, you have to do it. You know, basically yourself. Like yeah. whatever it is you want them to learn, you do it first. Yeah. Kind of like why I'm making this mixtape. I'm not making this mixtape for any other reason than just because I can. So I want to because I can find some people to make beats. I can find people to make the songs. I can even just kind of rap in some of the songs or have other people rap and then NFT it. Like I can do all that. And so that's the only reason why I'm doing it. I'm doing it because I can and because I think it's going to be fun. So like 
you know, that's the best way to show people. So when people are like, hey, man, like, how do I make my rap song an NFT? I'll be like, well, just just like this. Look at mine. You know, I have a rap yeah. song that's an NFT. A real that's, a, that's a brilliant, that's a brilliant way to call it. Yeah, lead by, lead by example. That's a brilliant way to go about it. Like, I mean, that's the easiest most, way. Yeah, it's the easiest way. Um, so you don't have to chase anybody. They'll come find you. They'll come look for you. They'll be like, hey, man, like we saw you come teach us that. I and mean, that's one thing is just like I spent a lot of time trying to go find people to teach them, to help them. And then it, I didn't, you know, it was very non-responsive. But now I'm just I've been doing my thing and doing my thing and people are watching and they're like, oh, shit, we want to do our thing, too. You know, so how can we do our thing? Like you do your thing. I'm just like, yeah. well, just you know, walk and ask. <laughs> well, Miggy, I need to ask you for your final thoughts or closing thoughts, and it's hilarious because my show doesn't work like that. I don't ever end a show with closing thoughts. That's <laughs> oh, cool, though, man. I appreciate. It. I like being the firsts. <laughs> um, I guess you know. I just want to thank you for one. You know, I like the opportunity to get to be out in this kind of environment to just spread the blockchain gospel, you know, because it's, as we know, like you, you, it's kind of like the saying, man, which don't steal this yet because I haven't tweeted it. But if you <laughs> give a man a crypto, you know, you feed him for a day. But if you teach a man to crypto, you feed him not only for his lifetime, but for everybody's lifetime that surrounds him. And just, you know, I love that, you know, the opportunities that people like you create, this is what the kind of stuff that we need, you know, just to really just talk about it, you know, just to talk about life. And that's one thing that is important is that you understand that this is life, you know, yeah. but crypto space or non, this is all just life. And so if we can take our lives and make it easier for us to connect and do things to where we can worry less about the financial part of life and just worry about more about the living part. You know, we should do it. And with blockchain technology, we have that opportunity. So for everybody out there who, you know, is timid about getting involved or, you know, about starting because, you know, it's been around for this amount of time and I, I don't understand coding, like just know that it's, it's not going to be any harder of a transition to learn about the blockchain and cryptocurrency or NFTs as hard as it was to have a bank account, get a yeah. debit card to yeah. order a credit card, check your online statements. So don't worry. <laughs> It'll be easy, and I'm going to make it easy as possible for you. Just, you know, if you're interested, you know, check it out. Google search it. Do a YouTube. Find somebody that you, you know, you want to listen to and follow. You know, just get involved because then the big thing is that this is what's going to help create more community and that's what we really need right now. And so I just want to encourage everybody out there to, you know, learn about it, you know, do one YouTube video, hear about it, you know, and see where it goes from there. Thank you, man. This was awesome. Dude, anytime I, I don't believe this will be your last time on the show. Um, no, I hope not. This is fun. The, the other thing, um, I'm focused. Well, I'm gonna close off, but make sure you send me. I, I would say make sure you send me all your links that you want shown with this episode. I'm gonna put it out tomorrow, and okay. um, get I, honestly feel free to promote any of your crap. Not crap. That's the wrong use word. Man, <laughs> I, I use the word all the time, man. I got <laughs> pr promote any of your stuff through this this server. This place is a creative hub, and you will see. There are just many of people here and like and like there's there's people I need to introduce you to 
Um, like there's a gentleman out of Chicago by the name of Craig Blackmore. He's actually the person that taught me it, who introduced me to this world and then allowed me to get the, uh, get be ahead of just this before it popped off the way that it did. And, and like, yeah, man, this is, I want you to be able to connect with some of the people here and who knows, who knows, maybe we can make this world a better place. All of us together. No, absolutely, man. I mean, I'm always down for that for sure. Uh, and I appreciate you. Yeah. I'm definitely going to be more active, um, on discord. So I'll definitely try to, Get you know, ready for another cast. So let me let me say my goodbyes and I will holler at you next time. Man, yeah. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Have a have a good night. You too, man. Later. Bye.